Every morning starts with the news, what happened during the night, and what are the results of Russian attacks, and uh, what has been ruined, are loved ones safe? And this is how all mornings in Ukraine have started since February 24th this year. Of course, this war is the major stress right now in Ukraine, and we also say panic is the enemy's second weapon. Today we will discuss how Ukrainians deter internal stress and how we manage to live through it. Hello and welcome. This is a Solutions from Ukraine podcast, which is brought to you by the Rubrica Media Outlet. My name is Anastasia Rudenko. I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Rubrica, the independent media outlet, the first and one working in the solutions journalism approach in Ukraine. And I'm joined by my colleague Vladislav Faraponov, who is an analyst at Internews Ukraine, one of the largest media NGOs in Ukraine. Hello, Vlad. Hello, Nastya, and to those listening to us. Yes, today will be a very practical but very interesting conversation. So let's get started. And before we do this, let me remind you that you can support our podcast at patreon.com slash rubrica. It's my great pleasure to remind you also that half of the collected funds we sent to Ukraine's uh, volunteer initiatives. So actually speaking about today's topic, the war made all of us leave our comfort zone. I'm talking not only about physical conditions, but also about mental ones. We often hear people say the war changed me. The war made me feel different. Indeed. I do believe that this is our mission too, to provide Ukrainians with practical pieces of advice from experts and highlight which opportunities are available for them, which in fact influences their lives. This is a real solutions journalism. We have noticed many people complain about depressed mood, poor sleep, lack of appetite, or, on the contrary, the increase of rapid weakness, breathing problems. Svetlana Chiri wrote an essential article for Rubrica, mentioning that all signs of such stress can lead to depression, if continued for a long time. For each of us today, the words uh, rocket, explosion, siren, sounds like this, weapon, war, victims, and many others are triggers. Now imagine a person who reads and watches the news all the time. His or her brain receives a danger signal from every trigger word in the news. Yes, so the body is almost always on alert to face danger. And all that pressure is just rests inside. Even at a time when there is no real threat, an imaginary one is constantly present in, in the news, in the posts, in the conversations, in social media, in jokes even. And experts point out that this is how we exhaust our own resources. And in this case, it leads to exhaustion and can cause symptoms of depression. We lack energy for everyday tasks. Absolutely nothing can inspire us. There is no desire even to meet with friends and uh, uh, and do your job. Well, uh, relevant points, indeed. I think everyone noticed the, those symptoms. Does not actually matter in Ukraine or not. 
It is the fear of being attacked, uh, the fear of seeing your home, your places of childhood ruined, damaged, people killed. But still, what if people noticed them but had to work, had to volunteer, take care of their closest ones and do other things? I would say that the general tendency you've just described was so relevant uh, this past spring among most Ukrainians. I would say the logic behind it is that uh, many Ukrainians thought that there were definitely others who needed this care, this uh, help much more. I mean, the armed forces or the territorial defense forces uh, at the beginning of the war. And uh, therefore, many Ukrainians actually of, I would say, various ages and under different circumstances had to put up with their anxiety and fears. And in my view, as a political scientist, it's dangerous to hide those fears inside and just wait until better times. First, it will catch up with you later. And second, it is dangerous for the society as a whole. Absolutely. I would say more. Rubrika has its own special project. It is called Nebaiduja, which can be translated like not indifferent. It focuses on women's empowerment, uh, useful guides for displaced women who are now a huge group, obviously, mental and physical health and stories from Ukrainian women with experience of overcoming difficulties. To your point, Vlad, I have noticed something like that in myself as well. So it would seem not clear even for me to panic why I could take this stress seriously if I was not in a combat zone and my life wasn't in danger at that moment. Perhaps uh, this is the key. You are angry at yourself at some point because there is least you can do to influence the situation. But you can work hard and get your work done. And this is what Rubrika was and would be doing brilliantly. Also, we'd like to mention that many psychologists have collaborated and offered their help, in most cases for free for Ukrainians. For example, uh, we have reported on our website that in March Ukrainians founded the so-called Resilience Hub. It works as a platform with accessible psychological services. And the purpose is to provide professional and free help to people who need it in convenient formats. The Brain Cut Center for Psychological Health and uh, and Suspense Foundation, uh, actually, they founded it. So people select the location and click on the appropriate link, just choose the date uh, and time for an appointment with the specialist in the calendar. And most people, of course, they they prefer uh, actually to uh, to make an appointment online. And like people just click confirm, type their name, email and, and phone number, and that's it. The system uh, basically selects an available psychologist or psychiatrist and notifies them uh, through email. And um, and one will receive an email notification uh, mm, uh, some hours uh, before the appointment. Uh, so it is interesting also that they mm, also went... Uh, uh, like the following way, they got attention from celebrities. And uh, this is the same approach we have mentioned in our first episode regarding how other volunteer initiatives were trying to promote themselves to and, um, 
become more visible uh, on social medias, uh, for example. Yes, Svetlana, our expert, recommends to take more positive emotions, do more usual stuff, also to take rest. Another psychologist, this time the military one, Andrei Kozichuk, offered three pieces of advice regarding, regarding how humor helps us overcome the mental challenges of the war. He says a person uses jokes to talk about difficult things and also we deter fear. At the same time, we somehow underestimate the enemy. Yes, for example, I've talked to journalists who went fighting as volunteers and they warned us, I would say this way, about not underestimating Russia's attacks and Russians on the ground. And, um, and let's tell our listeners that, for example, in early spring there was so much news that fighting for Kherson started. And others uh, actually saluted uh, Ukrainian armed forces at that time that uh, like there were successful fights in that area already in August. So almost half a year. And um, and we're making this podcast uh, in the middle of October and it is too early to call still. And I think in that regard, uh, like like we have fallen into some trap. Like we had been waiting for such news for a long time, almost half a year. So in that case, we were more ready to promote, uh, um, I would call it wishful thinking, uh, actually, rather than uh, than do fact-checking about this particular piece of information. Let's get back to the major issue. Another example of how Ukrainians helped each other during this challenging time is actually a student initiative. The team of the Mental Health Center of Kiev Mohila Academy, one of the oldest universities in Ukraine, together with the Faculty of Information Technologies, created a free Telegram bot on one of the most popular social media in Ukraine, Telegram, a words helping bot for almost 24-7 psychological help available to Ukrainians in a smartphone. What is more, we have also offered our readers an idea of how they can help children cope with stress. The major piece of advice would be to let your children express this fear, anger and not keep inside. I believe it is relevant this week when we record it as Russia launched the most massive strike on Ukraine for months and we were reminded how fast we need to go to shelter. By the way, those Ukrainians who are listening to us even abroad can share this article in your new communities and help their children too. You will find the link in the description of the episode. I would also like to mention that we managed to create a detailed instruction on how to preserve mental health. Generally, they focus on the things we have touched upon earlier, but at the same time, it is a more expanded guide. We will also post it in the description of the episode. Yes, and um, let me add that there are some major issues that people face. I mean internal displaced Ukrainians, and it is hard to imagine how difficult it was for children too. And um, in that case, we will use the example of Rivne in Western Ukraine. And um, 
and we will reveal how things can be done in that regard too. So psychologists Ksenia Tuminuk and Victoria, Victoria Nazarevich and Rivne, they decided to help internally displaced persons overcome this war trauma. The primary tool they chose was art therapy, probably one of the modern uh, methods of supporting mental health. Art can be a powerful tool because, because one can express painful experiences, reframe them and release emotional tension through creativity. And those local psychologists, teachers and artists, they united around this idea. And uh, it was the way how they created the art center for children and adults who suffered from the war. And um, there they help fight fears, stabilize the mental state and restore faith in the future just help people continue their normal life if possible of course uh, um, to call it normal the project's initiators decided that they would help both children and their parents like considering that every child senses their internal state of their mother or father and they try to have the child uh, present in the classes with their mother or other relatives Yes, there are many kind of similar stories and it was even really hard to choose which particular one will suit here. For example, there is a very similar approach in Ternopil, where a group of fitness trainers and psychologists organized a camp for children to do sport exercises. And this activity was so successful that similar projects will be launched in other regions too. Today you were able not uh, not to just get new information on Ukraine, but feel us personally. Let us remind you that you can support us on Patreon. Half of the collected funds we will send to Ukraine's volunteer initiatives. Yes, you can support us at patreon.com slash rubrica to help us bring our victory closer.